This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. It's instant analysis here on the Facebook home for BamaOnline.com. Also, you can catch this in podcast form at the Bama Online Podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can catch this archived. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to the Bama Online Podcast. Maybe leave us a rating and a review while you're there. That would be helpful as well. Just hung out with a lot of you. We were hanging out, right, over there on the Bama Online Roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans across the world. As the Crimson Tide makes it 14 in a row over the Tennessee Balls. You smoking a cigar right now? You got one fired up? If you do, may not taste as sweet, right? Sadly, the injury to Jalen Waddell got things going on Saturday. We heard... First from Nick Saban at halftime, and then once again after the game in relation to Waddle's injury. At halftime, he declared, Nick Saban did, he declared Jalen Waddle out for the remainder of the 2020 season. After the game, said that the plan was to get him back, get him into surgery as soon as possible, and kind of go from there. So we'll see what the future holds for Jalen Waddle. Certainly when you talk about NFL mock drafts for the 2021 selection process, you've seen Jalen Waddle prominently listed. So that's obviously an option for the true junior from the Houston, Texas area. We'll see that kind of injury, an ankle, lower extremity for a player like Waddle and as dynamic as he is, not only on offense, but also in special teams. You just hope the best for him. You hate it for Jalen Waddle, first and foremost. We'll get into what this means for Alabama moving forward. You already saw some of that. It happened so early in the game on the first play, the kickoff return, that Slade Bolden obviously thrust into a role of prominence. You kind of figured that would be the case because Slade had been that next guy in at wide receiver. And I thought for the most part you had to be happy with the way Slade Bolden performed in the 48-17 to win. Uh, Five catches, 94 yards. He did have the lost fumble. He lost a fumble there trying to make a little extra out of a short grab. Uh, There, I believe, in the – what was that? Was that the third quarter? Yeah. And so you like to see the ball security be there for Slade Bolden, and I think it will be. I think he's going to be a guy you can count on, but he showed you some explosive play potential. And kind of ironic, one year after he threw a touchdown pass against Tennessee – He's now on the receiving end of five passes for Mac Jones, who went a second straight year without a touchdown pass in the game. Mac did have a rushing touchdown, nearly 400 yards in the game through the air. Give the Alabama offense a lot of credit. That could have been, when you talk about the psyche of a team and how impactful that moment could have been 
with Jalen Waddle going off the field, not much in the way of a drop-off at all. We'll see going forward. But again, John Mechie, huge once again in the passing game. Devontae Smith doing what he does. Bolden stepping up. You even had Miller Forrestall go out of the game at the tight end position there in the second quarter. So here comes Jalil Billingsley. You had to get into your depth at tight end a little bit. Lost Deontay Brown for the rest of the game there in the second quarter. So you had a little bit of a shuffle in the interior with Chris Owens coming in at center. Landon Dickerson playing some left guard. We saw three different, maybe four different left guards, I guess, during the course of the game on Saturday. Once you got into mop-up time with Bryce Young and mostly those twos, I guess Tanner Bowles was in there at left guard. JV and Cohen at left tackle there late. Uh, Darian Dahlcourt at center. Pierce Quick at right guard. Um, You you even saw Chris Owens play some right tackle today. It was mix and match, really, from about the middle of the second quarter through the finish of the game. So the Alabama offense responds the way you would like. There's going to be, I know, a lot of chatter, similar to Tua Tonga-Vailoa after the Mississippi State game last November about Jalen Waddell and should you have the guy returning kicks and You know, I get it. Second guessing, hindsight, that's all part of life. And it's certainly a big part of football, as we know. But uh, I get the sense that a lot of folks that are going to second guess Jalen Waddell returning kickoffs didn't second guess it when he returned 198 yards against Auburn last November for a touchdown. Remember that one? Mac Jones had just thrown the first of his two pick sixes in the Iron Bowl. Jalen Waddell, you want to talk about a momentum shift after you give up a pick six, Jalen Waddle takes 198 for a touchdown. Now you got a tie game again. So for me, when I think of Jalen Waddle, he's synonymous with the return game. You know, it's not like you had Najee Harris back there, who's a running back, but we're going to let him return kickoffs too. When you hear about Jalen Waddle, and certainly in terms of how he's going to be evaluated for the National Football League, he is a wide receiver kickoff kick return man. He, he is very much a hyphenated guy. He's a slash. He's not just a wide receiver who also returns kickoffs or a running back who just returns kickoffs and punts. And I noted this on Twitter. I noted it in the game thread on the round table. I understand that with rule changes of late, the value in kickoff returns has been diminished. You see so many teams. You saw Tennessee today. Tennessee returned a couple, I guess. But for the most part, Tennessee was content to do the fair catch thing, take the ball at the 25. And since that's gone into play here the last couple of years, that has definitely diminished the kickoff return game. Not so much with punt returns. You know, there's still probably, right now there's probably more value in punt returns. Although rugby punts and those type of things, the Aussie invasion has made it tougher to even return punts. Um, but that's who, again, it's synonymous with Jalen Waddle. He is a return man. As much as he is a guy that a lot of people will remember, if that was his last game at Alabama, which we'll see, if that was his last game at Alabama, there will be a lot of people that remember him first and foremost for the 90-yard touchdown catch against Georgia, but there will be just as many, if not more, who remember that 98-yard kickoff return against Auburn. Or maybe they remember the 77-yard punt return against LSU last November. He's a return guy, and that's the way he's going to be viewed by the National Football League moving forward. Again, first and foremost, just hope that Jalen's uh, 
able to get through this in great shape and um, you know be the guy that that we've seen here over the last two and a half seasons at Alabama. So is everybody piling in here? Give me some questions ready. Let's talk about it. I thought the Alabama defense, for the most part, got off to a good start. Got a couple of stops early. That was key. That allowed that offense to do its thing and give Alabama some breathing room. You saw Tennessee get the run game going a little bit there on about its third series. Uh, But for the game, Tennessee just a little bit above its average coming in. It was averaging just a little bit less than 135 on the ground. It goes for 139 rushing today, just a little over 300 yards total. Jared Guarantano didn't turn it over, really, but... And he hit a couple of big plays. When you look at his passing totals, he had 162 passing yards. And 75 of those came on back-to-back throws there in the the third quarter. Now, it was already, like, what, a 42-10 to game? So you could kind of deal with that if you're Alabama. And plus, you had already gotten a defensive score from Malachi Moore right there to start the third quarter. So... I would say, all things considered, the sack column, not what a lot of Alabama fans would like to see. Even the quarterback hurry column, not what a lot of Alabama fans would like to see. And I'll be the first to say it as well. There were a couple times in the game where Guarantano looked like he was waiting for someone to sack him. And there wasn't an Alabama defender that would oblige him. And so he did convert a couple of thirds and even a fourth with his leg. So that continues to be a, an area of focus. But when you consider those numbers and you think about 162 passing yards for Guarantano, uh, that was a nice, nice game by the Alabama secondary. Josh Job, Patrick Sertan, yes, he gave up the touchdown there in the, in the uh, third quarter. But again, it was a 42 to 10 game at that point. And I thought the corners were great. Malachi Moore was really good again. So, You've got a base now in that secondary with your corners and your star that you feel like on any given week you can run out there against pretty much anyone in the SEC for sure right now. Uh, Safety, you're continuing to work there. A couple of your safeties got beaten on big plays. It's that type of league these days. They will, teams will get wide receivers matched up on your safeties, and uh, it can be a handful. We see Alabama do it every week with its wide receivers. So uh, Daniel Wright, um, Jordan Battle, uh, both had their issues in those type of situations. But if you do that enough, you will get safeties beat uh, in this league. Kicking game. How about a new punter for Alabama this week? Charlie Scott, the second Scott in three or four years to do some punting for Alabama. Younger brother of J.K. gets his opportunity in Knoxville. Um, that's a change, as we know from Sam Johnson from the previous four games. So fortunately for Alabama, didn't really need Charlie Scott a whole lot. Will Reichard continues his perfect streak of field goals and extra points. Had a couple of kickoffs go out of bounds, but I thought the second one was a bad break there in the the fourth quarter. I thought it was really a boneheaded play by the Tennessee return guy. He just let it hit at about the half-yard line. He was lucky it went out of bounds. It only went out of bounds by about half a football. So not going to put too much on Will. And if he makes his kicks, his field goals, and his extra points, um, you'll take that. What do you got for me on a Saturday night? Let's get into it. Mike says, even without Jalen Waddell, John Mechie and Devontae Smith are the top tandem of wide receivers in the Southeastern Conference. And Mike, you... May not be all that far off if you're off at all. 
I may have a hard time coming up with an argument against that, especially when Mechie steps up today and goes seven for 151. Um, you know, Devontae, again, it's been more workmanlike for him, but, man, it is such a luxury to have a guy like that you can count on. You know, seven for 73. His yards per catch average isn't what it's been maybe the previous two or three years, but so dependable. And if you do take him for granted still as a vertical presence, he will make you pay. And we talked about it. Slade Bolden, six catches, 94 yards, a long of 30. Seven targets for him. Najee was good. Didn't have a 100-yard game on the ground, but Najee was really good in the passing game. Six catches today, 61 yards. And again, that goes back to the patience of Mack. You know, Mack is not one that tries to maybe always bite off a little too much than what he's given to sort of consume there. And I thought he did another good job with that. And um, first time in a while, Mack hadn't had a touchdown pass. I have to look at that in terms of his starts, his career starts. Um, but he did have a rushing touchdown. So there you go. Matt got into the end zone himself. Miller Forstall with the one grab. It was a nice one for 25 yards. But again, he took a big shot at the end of it. And um, he came back into the game. I think it was the third quarter. So that was good to see. But looked like uh, sensitivity going on. It's a lack of feeling maybe even in that shoulder there after that grab. Caleb wants to know about Treshawn Holden for that third spot. You know, we saw Javon Baker on the end of the half heave by Mac Jones there in the second quarter because Mechie looked like he was hobbled a little bit late there in the second quarter. And so with that, you had Devontae Smith, Slade Bolden, and Javon Baker in there together for that uh, sort of Hail Mary attempt. So I think it could be any of those guys. I think all you saw all three of the true freshmen late in there with Bryce Young. Tyu Jones-Bell, Treshawn Holden, Javon Baker, they were all in there together late. You saw a lot of young offensive linemen in there late. A lot of guys got on the field today uh, on really both sides of the ball. But, um, yeah, that's what's going to be interesting to watch moving forward, exactly how that's going to shake out in terms of once you get beyond Devontae, Mechie, I would say Bolden is really solid as a third. Um, so I, I'm thinking more fourth spot than maybe you are. I, I saw enough from Slay Bolden, and I saw enough even last year from Slay Bolden. And, you know, another thing that you kind of notice with how he and Mac just picked right up today is that, well, you know, those guys spent a lot of time together the last couple of years. So, the chemistry that we've heard and talked about with Mac and some of the guys like Devontae and Je- uh, and Waddle and even Mechie here in the last couple of years, well, the same is pretty much true for Bolden. So I wouldn't sleep on Slade Bolden as the number three, and then uh, you're going to probably need one of those freshmen to step up based on how they ran them out there on Saturday in the rotation that we saw. <laughs> what else do we have? You know what? We got late night football tonight, too, right? We like that with the Mountain West coming back. Mountain West Conference football tonight. So, um, you know, even my daughter mentioned that, Ronald, watching Slade Bolden, that maybe he's kind of that Hunter Renfro type. But I, I think Slade Bolden has the potential to be maybe a little more dynamic, We'll see, and that's not saying – I'm talking about just for the sake of comparison. If, if he's as productive and as impactful as Hunter Renfro was for Clemson in his 37 years in that program, then you'll take that. 
But you saw Bolden with chunk plays today, you know, and I thought there were a couple times he did a good job as a blocker too. That's something that, you know, we continue to watch. So, yeah, Zach, we just talked about the freshman at wide receiver. Kind of the pecking order that we saw today started with Baker, and then you get into Holden and uh, Jones Bell. And so we'll see how that goes. Running back, you saw some of Trey Sanders, saw a good bit of Trey Sanders, which kind of left me wondering about Brian Robinson a little bit there late in the third quarter, but I thought it was great to get Trey Sanders. Sanders showed, I thought, more confidence than he did against Missouri. And that's understandable. A guy who missed all of last year, you know, you saw some flashes, I thought, from Trey Sanders. It was good to see Roydell Williams get in there late, too. So, again, played a ton of guys. And... You know, with Mississippi State coming up, I think the inclination is, well, you look at Mississippi State's record right now and not much to show for that LSU win. Nothing after that LSU win. Um, But I do think defensively, Mississippi State's actually been a lot better than anyone expected the Bulldogs to be. So while the offense has been thoroughly disappointing, and who knows, we might even see a freshman quarterback from the Bulldogs next week here in Tuscaloosa. Defensively, they've been uh, they've been good. Yeah, Will Anderson, I thought, did some nice things today. You know, on Malachi Moore's touchdown, I, he, he set a pretty good edge there. Um, I'm not sure if that bothered Eric Gray or not, but um, he, he was a presence there. They just need to get to where they can finish on the quarterback. I thought Fedarian Mathis played pretty nice there on the interior. You know, it was interesting because you were wondering with LeBron Ray out again, not so much that LeBron impacts the interior on early downs because on early downs, LeBron's an end. You know, you never see LeBron inside in the heavy nickel or the big nickel when they're more run-oriented. But Federian Mathis got the start today, and I thought he looked good. Um, thought he was active and uh, – You can count on Fedarian in a game like today where you know the opponent has to run the football. You can count on Fedarian to do his job, first and foremost. If he's supposed to fit a gap, if he's supposed to fit a certain aspect of the run, if he's supposed to try to attract a double team, Fedarian will not go rogue. He will do what he is asked to do. Byron Young, I thought, did some good things today. Um, So whereas, again, the pass rush numbers won't be what a lot of people would like, um, you had to be good against the run today, and I thought Alabama was good enough against the run. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, we saw Barmore, David, as the game moved along. Um... You know, again, I, I think he's still, in games like today, it's going to be probably more about pass rush opportunities. Uh, if it's just early downs, you're going to see DJ Dale. You're going to see Fedarian. Uh, you're going to see a Boygby out there, those three together. A Boygby's really the guy today that was filling the role for LeBron Ray. 
Um, and then they kind of went from there. But, you know, once you get beyond that, uh, that's when you get into some dime rabbits and, you know, maybe you see a Boyd be out there uh, with Barmore. They've tried Barmore by himself with four linebackers and the dime rabbits. Look, we've talked about it. They're trying a lot of different stuff to generate some pass rush, uh, and they're still trying to get it figured out. But when the back end plays as well on the perimeter as Alabama's did today, you can you can survive it. Yeah, you know what, Ron? I thought the tackling in general was a lot better today. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't see as as much in the way of of red marks in terms of of tackling. So that was something we've talked about a lot, just fundamentally. Um, so there you go. You know, Ron, I don't know the extent of that shoulder with uh, Miller Forstall. I don't know if it went out and they went in the tent and put it back in like you're kind of suggesting or if it was just a really tough stinger situation. Uh, he's a tough dude, man, because we saw it just last week. He gets rolled up on on the first play of the game and looks like he might be carted out and out for the rest of the game, and he comes back. He's he's doing everything in terms of intangibles and leadership that you could want from a uh, a redshirt senior. I agree, Barry. You know, Bryce Young got an opportunity there later in the game in the fourth quarter, and as he did against Missouri. You know, Missouri, we tend to remember that he was sacked a couple times, lost a fumble, but you know, he converted a couple of third and longs against Missouri, too, and he did it again today. Uh, got sacked down there in the red zone. I think uh, it looked like he wanted to get the ball to Najee pretty quick there, and coverage changed on him a little bit, but he showed some maturity there and not trying to force the situation. And so, you know, a sack there isn't going to kill you, especially when it looks like you've got a kicker that can get you points. Sark has been good, John, and – you know, credit to him today in terms of preparation and really the whole staff. I mean, Holman Wiggins, you, know, you got to give that guy credit. He's coaching a position where you lose Jalen Waddle before your first offensive snap. And it didn't look like they had to really modify much. Now, we talk about the third receiver stepping up. Maybe they're more two tight ends, you know, moving forward. They had already been probably more two tight end sets through the first four games than they had been. But it could be a little bit more with Waddle out. But it didn't look today like there was a drastic change to the plan. It looked like there, too, second quarter or so, they started to really impose their will on the line of scrimmage. And you got the sense that Tennessee's defense was like, man, we'd almost rather Jalen Waddle be healthy in Alabama in three wide receiver sets because they're just kind of road grading us right now. And that's the luxury that Sark has as the coordinator is that you can lose an absolutely critical piece like Jalen Waddell, but you still got that offensive line and you still got Najee Harris. But I do think the loss of Waddle, I had talked about this previously, underscores more so than the last three or four years the importance of keeping your primary star power at the skill spots healthy. You know, Jalen Waddle's a tough loss. So it only heightens the need to keep Najee healthy, to keep Devontae healthy now. Mechie now becomes critical, and certainly Mac. Uh, but you did see some promising things from your next guys up, and I thought Bryce Young was one of those. I thought on the RPO to, 
to Slade Bolden down there around the five yard line. That was that looked like a right handed Tua getting the ball out, and I'm talking about in terms of um, you know get off and then also the zip. You know, Slade tried to catch that thing, but it was hot, very hot. What other areas of this football team are you concerned about? Are you maybe feeling better about as you move forward to next Saturday in Mississippi State? By the way, Nick Saban's 69th birthday, one week from today. So uh, those on hand at Bryant-Denny Stadium, maybe a serenade, will be in order. Yeah, Michael, we've hit on the wide receivers already a couple of times. If you go back and listen to the podcast version of this or watch it on the replay there at Bama Online's Facebook home. We covered that for you. What we saw was Javon Baker more as the number four, and then you did see um, Treshawn Holden and Tyu Jones-Bell there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree, John. We talked about that too. Ronald, I agree um, with the uh, – the defensive improvement, because one of the matchups I did during the week, and I gave the edge to Tennessee, was Trey Smith at the one offensive guard position and Cade Mays at the other offensive guard spot for Tennessee, anticipating Christian Barmore and DJ Dale more so than maybe even Fedarian Mathis. But as I talked about earlier, I thought Mathis looked good. I agree, Billy. I thought Brian Branch showed some interesting things. You saw the dime look there where it looked like he was the money to go along with Malachi Moore at the star. Uh, Those guys can both play there, though. And then your safeties were still Daniel Wright and Jordan Battle. But as much as anything, as I talked about earlier, just fundamentals on defense. Um, Didn't seem to be as many busts. Again, similar to Georgia, just like – we talked about after the meltdown um, against uh, Ole Miss defensively, matchups and mindsets change, and that's kind of what happened in going from Ole Miss to Georgia. And then Georgia to Tennessee was, I think, a very similar preparation. Not much change stylistically. I mean, you had Jim Chaney at Georgia before he came to, before he went to Tennessee. So, that worked out nicely uh, as far as scheduling. It'll be different next week with the air raid and the pirate, although it is struggling. And we talk about pass rush. The Mississippi State offensive line has really struggled to keep uh, KJ Costello clean to this point. You know, I noticed that too. I, I think I, I haven't heard from Najee post game, but I'm guessing, as we talked about from the outset of today's edition of Instant Analysis. You know, the cigars probably just don't taste as sweet when you lose a teammate to injury like that with Jalen Waddell. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, while you're still uh, celebrating the win, the 14th straight in this series. Uh, it, it came at a price. There's no doubt about it. And for players, it's not so much in terms of, oh, no, what are we going to do now? It's more about a brotherhood. You know, it's for those guys in a lot of instances, it's it's an emotional thing because the bond between teammates is such you just you hate to see that. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I think he was probably just more so it wasn't about not getting his hundred. He got three more rushing touchdowns. I don't think it had anything to do with all that. 
I think if he was not maybe himself, uh, it was because he had his teammate in mind, as it should be. That's that's a good sign if you're a fan watching that. You know, you want your players to feel that way about each other. Yeah, John, I thought Mac did another good job of that. Pass protection, for the most part, was still really good. You saw Alex Leatherwood get beat off the edge there uh, in the second quarter, but for the most part, he was able to stay clean. But when he does get heat, he continues to work up into the pocket, keep his eyes up the field, and just continue to work the middle of the field with those wide receivers and occasionally Miller Forstall. All right, gang, if that's going to do it for you, that's going to do it for me here on a post-Tennessee edition of Instant Analysis. Always appreciate you joining us here on the post-game program. Again, this will upload in podcast form at the Bama Online Podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can find this. We would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the Bama Online Podcast as well. We'll have the replay of this available for you on our Facebook home for BamaOnline.com additionally, so you'll be able to find this there as well. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night and keep it locked to BamaOnline.com as we keep you in touch with all things Crimson Tide. So long, everybody.